It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome to the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports commerce and editor with Rick Boring after the Bengals sewed up home field for the wild card round with a 27-16 win over the Baltimore Ravens. Rick, I don't even have to flip a coin to know where this podcast is going, but I got to ask you, I love the Joe Mixon celebration, and you know me, I am old school, don't like that, don't like trash talking, none of it. I thought that was pretty well done. It's great when it's clever. It's great when it's clever, and that was legitimately clever, funny, well done. It took a little bit of planning, and it's not over the top. You're not showing anybody up, It's uh, other than maybe the league a little bit. But yeah, it was just the league a lot of it, but it was still good. Right, but it's all done in fun. You know, it's nothing uh, bad. It's a, it's not a, a T-shirt that says F the NFL or something like that. You're being like uh, a rebel without a cause or anything. It's just a kind of a funny little nod to what happened this week. No, I thought it was well done, and Joe Joe was great talking about it. That he, you know, he kind of was told that Ocho Cinco had had said they ought to do it, and um, he said my whole thing was figuring out where was I going to put the quarter. Was I going to put it in my tape in my shoe? I put it in the side of my glove. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe a lot of guys might have had quarters to do that. He said he was the only one. He was going to give it to somebody who scored a touchdown and let them do it. They all talked about how Ocho said that he was going to pay the fine, so they, they were going to go ahead and roll with it. And it turns out Mixon with the quarter is the one that scores the touchdown. How cool is that? No, it's just great. I mean, it's almost as good as the storybook yes. occurrence out in Buffalo today. Oh, I mean, just turning the opening kickoff, my lord. You can't. I mean, I was sitting at press row at at NKU and the sports information director at NKU is a Buffalo guy and a huge Bills fan. I mean, he had like tears in his eyes watching. It was just a a crazy, crazy moment. Yeah, I can believe it. All right. Let's get into this Bengals game. Skinny, the Bengals pull it out 27 to 16. They got up early in this one and then kind of hung on. And I think the first place that we need to start is what it means for playoff implications. We don't have the exact time of next week's game yet, but we know everything else. And just for those listening, you can go to local12.com. That will be up by the time you listen to this podcast um, of the time of that game. It's supposed to be announced after the Green Bay-Detroit game. We're doing it literally right in the middle of the Green Bay-Detroit game. That's right. So, Skinny, lay it out for us. How? Wh- where do things, everything stand for the Bengals? Uh, who are they going to be playing, and what's the situation here? Let's just go right through the seeds in the AFC. Kansas City is the one. They earned that on Saturday with the win over Las Vegas. And for the hand-wringing, and there's maybe a little bit in Buffalo because they still would have been in play for the one seed. It worked out the way you thought it was going to work out. Buffalo clinched the two seed today with the win over New England. Again, for Bengals fans, the hand-wringing could be, well, we could have been the two seed with a win over Buffalo, but – you played the same amount of games, you, you lost one more, and so here we are. Bengals are the three. Jacksonville, because they're division champions, the four. Chargers are the five, and they did some stupid stuff today with getting a couple guys hurt playing starters in a game that didn't matter. They didn't need to win that game to get the five. Baltimore's the six. Miami with its goofy 11-6 to six win over the uh, – I can't believe that wasn't a scoregami. Was that a scoregami? I don't think it was. I know. I don't think it was either, That's which is – which is weird to me, but um, I mean, a Bengals 22, whatever it was. 2218 yeah, was, was somehow a scoregami. Yeah, that was somehow a scoregami. I guess that wasn't. Uh, Miami is the seven. So the Bengals will host Baltimore. Uh, and then if they win, they will go play at Buffalo. And if they win, they will go play at Kansas City. So kind of a similar path, path to last year, Rick. Home playoff game and then two road playoff games. I do think, uh, I, I'll say it. Uh, I do think this is a little bit tougher 
because I do think Buffalo is legitimately a 1A and the Bengals are a 1B or however you want to shuffle the three teams. I think there are three clear-cut teams in the division or in the conference, rather, and it's the teams that finish 1-2-3. Last year, it felt like Tennessee was a bit of a fraud as a one seed. They yeah. earned it, but it didn't feel like that was an impossible win. And while going to Buffalo is not impossible, um, it's been made tougher because you have to go to Buffalo. And I do think they're really good. Right. And Tennessee last year had Derrick Henry coming back early from an injury. Wasn't quite himself yet. They just they weren't the same team as a number one seed in the playoffs that they were earlier in the season when they had basically earned that seeding. So, yeah, there's no question that this year is a little bit different there at the top. As far as this game goes, Skinny, it was a weird game from a Bengals perspective. They did what they needed to do. They got the win. Defense saved them and kept this from turning into a game that could have gotten hairy there because the offense didn't really play all that well, especially after the beginning of the game. Did you get the sense that with the chance that the Bengals were going to be playing Baltimore again next week in the wild card game, did you get the sense that the Bengals were holding back a little bit, being a little bit vanilla potentially? Yeah, and, and Zach Taylor alluded to that a little bit in the, in his post game that that they I, I, that they did kind of hold back a little bit, and it's such a fine line because you want to win the game to make sure you host. Um, you know, for John Hardball, he was making sure a bunch of his key guys were going to be able to play next. Not a bunch, but a chunk of his key guys were going to be able to play next week because he made several starters inactive. But yeah, it felt like at seventeen nothing, it was like okay, let's get through this, and then it did get a little dicey. Um, you know, the, 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 the quarterback, Anthony Brown was not very good, but he all of a sudden he hit a couple of big plays and, uh, you look up and if not for that late fumble that, uh, that, uh, Jesse Bates strips and Von Bell recovers, they're driving to make it a one score game with still time left on the clock. But the other part too, and I get people tweeting at me all the time here, why can't they run the ball? They, they listen, the one thing that, that, Baltimore did do in this game is it played its defensive line starters. It played Roquan Smith and and Patrick Queen at linebacker. It played physical safety Kyle Hamilton. It played Marlon Humphrey. It played, I believe, nine defensive starters. Marcus Peters and technically their nickel quarter corner did not play, but they played their defensive starters. And I would invite you go to local12.com. The, the, the piece I wrote about how much different they are with Roquan Smith, their numbers defensively are off the charts spectacular. It's a really good defense. The other part too is Joe Burrow wasn't great today, and 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 that has to be said because he wasn't, but I'm okay with it. He's a human being. He missed some throws today. Um, he ain't missing them when it matters. He's just not. No, he won't, and he was 25 of 42 in this one for only 215 yards. He had one touchdown, no interceptions, but he even said after the game that he missed throws that he always yes. makes, Yes, and I think that was pretty obvious. You do wonder a little bit when you go out there and you play against a team that is sitting some of their best players. It's kind of like that play in the score type feeling, right? Like you get a little bit of an exhibition feel to the game. And and maybe I I know the game mattered for the Bengals, and that's why they had to play their starters. But it is just hard when you get up 17, nothing. The other team's not playing their best players. It's easy to get a little loose. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what, what kind of happened. And, um, you know, I thought at 24-7 at the half when they got that late defensive touchdown that that did it. And then I thought, okay, the offense is going to come out and put at least three on the board to start the second half, maybe even seven. And a couple of guys that sit around me in the press box, we were talking about, you know, maybe at that point you take Joe and a bunch of starters out. 
and they go three and out, and then Joe fumbles down by the goal line, and suddenly he got, it didn't get dicey, dicey, but it got interesting, interesting, right? So, um, you know, I, 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 I do think it just had a weird, it did, it really just had a weird feel to it the whole game long. Yeah, it's kind of at a certain point, it just became really this was from the beginning of the game. But definitely when you get into that third quarter as it's passing on, you're like, just get out of here when right. the game right. any means possible. Who cares about style points? Who cares about how they look? And as far as well, what does this mean for next week and how much do you take away from this game? And did the Ravens defense, do they have Joe Burrow's number or something like that? I'm not concerned about any of that after this game. It was just a weird game for whatever reason. Now, I'm not concerned. Is the Ravens defense I'm not concerned damn about good? Absolutely. Yes. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yes. And, and that's why the, the, I think they have the ability to make games feel ugly and yes. feel kind of like today felt. So that concerns me. But that goes for any time you play this rivalry game and you play an AFC North matchup. And that's probably the part about next week that concerns me more than anything is that these teams are just too familiar with each other. The Ravens defense is very good. So there's the potential that it is a low scoring, ugly, stuck in the mud type of game. And then it only takes one big play or one bad call going against you to change it. Yeah, I just, I, I, and obviously we'll get into this. The offensive line injuries could be a factor too, but uh, you know, I, I know the whole thing is the, the, the mantra this week is, is Lamar going to play or Lamar not going to play, but I mean, let's not forget in Baltimore, it took a Herculean performance by Lamar on the last drive to get to a field goal that they kicked to win it after the Bengals offense sputtered again, because of that Ravens defense. And that was a 1917 game at the gun. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think this Bengals offense scores less than 20 on anybody throughout the, whatever, however long this playoff run lasts, they're not scoring less than 20 on anybody. The key is, can you hold Baltimore under 20? And I think you can. And I say that when people go, well, today you had this goofy kid quarterback, got him to 16. He did. It was weird though. It was just weird. Yeah. Well, and I mean, in, from the offensive standpoint for the Bengals, it's like, you know, do you have 27 points, but one of them is the Osai fumble right. recovery in the end zone Touched. on a strip sack. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's not the offense is doing that's the defense. And really the defense had four takeaways and that contributed to but a lot of it. Sure. Why the, why the score was what it was. But that's what I, that's why I think this team is so good is they've just been so complimentary. Yep. It looks like a, Drew Christman's punt out of bounds at the five set up that uh, Joseph Osai touchdown which I'm still trying to figure out why John Harbaugh is having his cat or Greg Roman, whoever it is, has his cat thrown from the end zone in that circumstance. That was, that just opened yourself to disaster. It made no sense. You're what, 30 seconds left in the, yes. the half. And you've got a guy who doesn't really play quarterback for you ever back there, uh, dropping back in his own end zone when you're down 17, seven, it made no sense. Yeah. Patting it like three times going, okay, okay, okay. Well, wait a minute. Here comes Trey Hendrickson. And you don't even feel him. So Let yeah, get I through all of my progressions. Yeah, exactly. That ain't happening down there, son. Uh, that, that doesn't work this way in the, in this league. But so I, I know there's an uneasy feeling just because you go, boy, if Lamar comes back, this could be ugly. He's been out for five weeks. There's also gonna be some rush for Lamar to it. If he plays. And I still think that's a humongous if at this stage, I get that. And you're right. That's the logical way to look at this, and that's probably the way it plays out, and the Bengals shouldn't be all that worried about it. But there is just that feeling of their defense is good enough to keep it low scoring. If you're within a possession late in the game and you do have a guy like Lamar Jackson back there, it only takes one spectacular run for him to to win the game at that point. And that's what would scare me as a Bengals fan. Now, that being said, I would... I'm going to bet on the Bengals next week. I have a lot of faith that they're going to beat the Ravens when it matters. I think this matchup 
favors them, quite honestly, because I don't think the Ravens' offense is potent enough to keep up with the Bengals for the most part. Yeah, but I agree with that. If you're asking me what my concern is, it's just what I laid out that it could be one of these ugly games where the Ravens' defense keeps it close and the familiarity of it being the AFC North rivalry makes it an ugly slobber knocker of a game. And then you leave yourself open to that one miracle play or that one bad call. Yeah, my fear is what I just talked about before is suddenly you're back to the right side of the offensive line being guys that you didn't start the season with as your starters in Akeem Adeniji and Max Sharping, and you're kind of back to where we were last year. Now, Mo Egger and I did our segment on the Sports Authority tonight on Local 12, which depending on when this drops, you can either watch at Local12.com or uh, watch on Local 12 itself because we've already taped it. And he's right. I mean, they dealt with this stuff last year in the playoffs with Joe Burrow not being protected and got to the Super Bowl. And I think you're still even a little bit better off with Cordell Volson and, and, and Ted Karras. And, you know, hopefully you can mask the right side, but it's not optimal. You signed Lyle Collins and, and Alex Kappa for a reason, right, Rick? Right. Yeah, that was that was the whole point of this. And now all of a sudden you're kind of, to some extent, back to square one with all of that. And you, you yes. talk about the, the struggles in the run game. Uh, that's not all of it, but that's definitely a part of it. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's the thing that worries me a little bit is we're kind of back to where we were last year, and you're going to have to find a way to mask the issues up front, especially in this game coming up, the, the Baltimore game, because they are really good up front defensively. They are. Um, Sidney, in terms of injuries, you just mentioned the offensive line situation, but is there anything else to be looking at coming out of this game that that might have changed? I know there were a couple wide receiver situations throughout this game where you know what Tyler Boyd got checked out for a concussion at one point, and Jamar Chase was looked at at one point. Does everyone well, seem t- to be t- or, t- 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 Higgins? Yeah, t-, t Higgins. Yeah, yeah, T Higgins. No, those were the two main ones, and uh, the good part was they both came back, and I think that was good because I'll tell you when T took that shot to where it was Chester ribs. Um, that just looked like it hurt, did it not? And then t- Tyler got hit in the head and had to go, as you mentioned, into the tent and then into the locker room for a concussion protocol, um, cleared it. And you know, I talked to him after the game a little bit too, and he, he was fine. But yeah, yeah, those, those were a couple of scary things where, well, all of a sudden you look up and you're down your right guard, your right tackle and two of your best three wide receivers going into the playoffs. That feels like Indy and whatever the hell year that was 2014, right? That's always the concern when you get down to these last couple of games is you don't want to lose someone, especially in a game that may ultimately not end up mattering all that much in terms of positioning. But the Bengals did need to win this one, at least going into the day they needed to win it. And so you got to play those guys. You have to play your starters in that situation. And had something happened to any of them, it would have sucked. But you saw that happen to some of the other teams around the league. And uh, fortunately for the Bengals, it seems like in terms of those position, or the, the skill position guys, they're going to be all good. And, and it's about as healthy as you can ask for a team to be at this point of the NFL season. Yep. So Chris Reichel tonight, we're doing this for our, 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 our playoff preview. He asked, I don't know why it's four, but he, it could have been three, could have been five. So I'm going to ask you, and I'll give you mine in a minute. He asked for the four key players to the Bengals in the playoffs. Do you have four? And I'm doing this. I'm pinning you against the wall doing this. And I can probably help you along because I'll give you my four as I go. I can give you my four before we start, and you might agree with all four. Do you have four Bengals players that are key to playoff success? Yeah, I don't think it's like crazy names. I think there are a couple of things. 
I got one crazy, not crazy name, but I got one name. But yeah, you're right. Keep going. So I, I would say um, DJ Reader, first and foremost, Ooh. because he's been so dominant at times at stopping the run. Today, he wasn't, though. Baltimore had success running the football. They averaged four and a half. But, but you know what? They had, but yeah, but you know what, Rick? They had success running counters in long stretches that get away from him. Fair. Fair. And that's what most teams are going to do is try to run away from him. But still, can he control all of that and shut that down? Are our teams successfully able to avoid him and scheme around him? And that may rely on his teammates as much as it does him. But I think he's one guy that I would definitely point to because he can he can really change a game and control it at the point of attack up front. The other guy I would point to on the defensive side is Trey Hendrickson. Wow. I, I think just in terms of the pass rush, it's so important. And you saw what it can mean today um, in, in a game when you, you get a strip sack like they did in the end zone for a touchdown. So I would go with that, too, because I think if you have those two guys working, your defense, you can make up for a lot of other things. You can, It helps make up for the Awuzie injury. It helps make up for some of the, the lack of experience in the secondary. Um, so I, I think I would lean on those two guys first and foremost. There's one, other, say, def- so- one other defender I'd like to throw yeah, in there. But I, I think um, yes. I think we probably need to go to the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to say Jamar Chase because he's the best player on the field in most games. And when Jamar Chase makes a couple of big plays in a game like he did last year during their runs, you're going to have a chance. He can single-handedly give you that chance in the postseason. So I will go with him. And then here is the wild card name for me, Skinny. Evan Money Mac McPherson. He was hugely Ah! important down the stretch last year for the Bengals and into the postseason. He made so many big kicks and became such a big weapon in those games. He hasn't been that guy during the regular season this year, and he's even had some weird like struggles with extra points and consistency as of late. So it's a little bit of a question mark. They need him to get back to being that guy that he was last year so they have that type of confidence that if they get across the 50, they're scoring no matter what. Those are four great answers. So I'll give you the four. I hate to spoil our TV special. You can look at my ugly mug if you want to see what I said on the TV special about it, but I'll do it right here too because it's our podcast. So Here's the I'll great part. Our podcast. I don't know which has fewer yes. people tuning in, Sports Authority or this podcast. <laughs> it ain't much for either. Uh, that's a good question. It's a good point. So, so my four are, believe it or not, Evan McPherson was one of them, Rick. He was so money in the playoffs last year that it just feels like he is going to have to win a game with a kick or multiple games, and he's going to do it, right? That's the way I feel. But I would understand if someone's worried about that right now. Well, you know, the funny part is the worry for me is this. He struggled a little bit going into the bye, came out of the bye, made every kick but one extra point. He was 10 for 10 on field goals, 13 for 14 on extra points, going to New England where all of a sudden he misses two extra points in a field goal. And if you look at the whole scenario in New England, the weather has been so crappy that nobody's making kicks there. So you have to take that as a one-off. He made an extra point against Buffalo before the game was called on Monday. He makes all of his kicks today. I think he's going to be fine. I think you're, I I think he is, he is a kicker in the playoffs as we all know is you got to have that guy, right? You got to have that dude. Well, especially if they can be the difference maker that he was last yes. year. He has the talent to actually be an impact guy and Correct. a real weapon, Correct. And, and you need him right. All right, so two of my others were Von Bell. Just because Von Bell seems to, in every big moment the Bengals need him to make a big play, the dude does. Okay, I like that one. 
Um, my other guy on defense was Cam Taylor Britt because people or teams the last couple of games, and it wasn't as much noticeable on Monday night because we didn't have as much of a sample size. But the New England game and today, they are starting to pick on him a little bit. And I get it. And I get that he's not going to be Chidobia Wuzie, but he needs to, and he's made some really good plays. It's funny, he's been hot or cold. He's made really good plays or he's gotten toasted. And so now he needs to understand leverage, technique, other things, and just don't get beat on big plays. And so to me, he's huge because you ain't getting Chidobi back. Yay or nay, right? That that's funny because I was that when I said there's one other defensive name well, I'd like to throw in here. That's exactly who I was going to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I thought you were going with it. I thought for sure that's where you were going with yep. it. Yep. Um, and my last one was Joe Burrow. And you're, you, when you said initially, well, these are not hard names. These are easy names. I thought Burrow would be. Um, yeah, I just thought I just thought that was almost like he's so damn good in these moments. I, yes. I almost feel like it's past the point of saying he's he's yes. a key because, you know, he's going to be good. And that's fair and it's right, but I could not name him. Fair. And, and it, it seems like the last two games plus, and I'll include the Buffalo game in this, that they have determined, dude. We're going to let you throw it 40 to 50 times, and that's all there is. We're, it's you or bust. And part of it for me was, um, I get that. And if you remember last year, there was the San Francisco game they lost in overtime where they didn't really let Joe Burrow cook when it mattered. I think these last few games, and someday I don't know how that game would have transpired, but the dude was cooking for whatever period of time. That first drive, the touchdown to Tyler Boyd. Then he was cooking again, the pass to Higgins before the tragic thing that happened with DeMar Hamlin with the cardiac arrest. And then today they let him throw it 42 times and it might've been more if they'd have been behind or the situation would have been more dire. Instead they went, all right, well now we'll start running the ball. I think they've made the absolute determination that we are sinking, dying, living, breathing with you throwing it 40 to 50 times a game. And it's kind of Tom Brady like, and I'm good with that. I I couldn't agree more. This is what I've been saying for two years now that when it matters most, at the end of the day, for the Bengals to beat the elite of the elite and win a Super Bowl, it is going to be Joe Burrow getting the ball as many times as possible and just saying, go win us this thing. And yep. that will eventually mean yep. him throwing 40 or 50 times when it matters. And, and I'm fine with that. He's that good. He's that type of player. You, you drive a Ferrari like a Ferrari, and he is that. Yo, dude, it's funny. So we do a thing in the press box, and I'm a degenerate, and so we call it a bean pool. Not we true. have five different um, we have five different categories of and it's me and Paul Daner and Jay Morrison and occasionally Charlie Goldsmith chimes in but usually Paul and Jay and I are the the the, the definitive answer for how we're going to do the bean pools and everybody loves it and it's fun and we and, and it's one dollar a piece for each of the pools so it's basically five dollars in a pot just just for fun um, and we have different statistical categories and today was. At what point in the game would Joe Burrow throw his 12th pass, which at the 12th pass he was going to set and did set the NFL record for completion percentage in NFL history? Not it's going to be fluid and change, but by his 12th pass, even if he was over 12, he was going to set that record. And it was so funny where a bunch of people, think about this, picked him doing that in the first quarter. Think about 12 passes times four quarters, right? That's 48. So we all thought the dude was going to do this in the first quarter, and he did. 
Did you just that's select crazy? A, did you select a time in the quarter? Like, did you have to say yes? Yeah, 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 yeah. The win, the winner had to pick the exact time. Jay Morrison picked it within three seconds. He picked it at five oh five, and I think it happened at five oh one of the wow. first quarter. That's but, crazy. But the point is, at that point, he had thrown twelve passes already. No, I mean that that's exactly what you were just talking about. That they are just turning him loose and letting him cook, especially early in the games. Like, we're gonna get the ball first, we're gonna shove right. it down your throat, we're gonna score on you early. And I love that mentality. I hope they continue that the entire playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he is clearly and I'm not speaking out of school as much as a fan of Joe Mix as I am and, and thought that they were gonna be this power run team off play action this year. It didn't never worked. To their credit, they've decided, dude, you're our guy. Spread you out. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go throw this, sling this thing 45, 50 times. I think Zach likes that too. I think Brian Callahan likes that too. I think Brian's a little more measured of enjoying what a running game and a good running game can do. But I think they all understand we're, we're either winning or losing with this guy. And that's the bottom line. Let's go do it. Yeah. And by the way, you also have one of the best in the world at the receiver spot too in Jamar Chase. So Correct. that's the other thing. Like you've got two insane right. No, right. talents at those key positions. You got to turn them loose and let them do what they do. Uh, what were no Mo's answers? No. If you don't mind ruining the segment farther. Uh, no, uh, no, it was just me. Mo did not do that segment with me. Oh. It was only me. So yeah. I, I would have been interested to hear what Mo would have said, but yes, it was only me that did the segment. Okay. Well, what else for anything else from this game? Uh, I think I would like to ask you another question about the playoff picture real quick. If you, if you don't yeah, have anything yeah, but, else yeah, before, the game. Before you, yeah, before you do that, I will tell you. So I worked at Turfway Park for a few years and enjoyed every bit of it. But I would literally come home smelling like smoke every night. To the point where the I had cigar peel, smoke, yeah. I had to peel all my clothes off when I would come home in my basement and put them out in the laundry. And rightfully so, because I literally reeked. Anyway, I, I got it. My mother and father smoked. I, it was, it's not. Now, the other part is I'm a, I like cigars. I don't smoke them often, 15, 20 times a year, probably mostly in the summer where I can sit on my deck, have a drink, maybe do a little work. Even if not, just smoke a nice cigar, just relax. Um, so I knew they were going to do it. We didn't, we, you could hear the music blaring uh, as we were talking to Zach and the press conference was pretty quick because I think we all wanted to go to the locker room to see the celebration and catch the celebration. So as soon as I went in, this is crazy because I'm not immune to this. The smoke hit me so much, my eyes watered, Rick. And then I'm like looking around going, well, this smells, this is these, whoever got these, and I'm assuming it was Burrow, got some damn good cigars. These are pretty damn good, but it was crazy. It was so hazy in there. And so I came home. And I smelled my my shirt and I or my pullover, and I've still got the t-shirt on that I have underneath it that I have to change out here at some point. I'm like, good lord, do I reek? But it was it was fun to watch because those dudes, to their credit, when you earn something like a divisional championship, and by the way, they had kind of already earned it because they've already been declared North champions. Still officially today is when it took place. Back-to-back times for the first time in franchise history. That shouldn't be lost on anybody. I'm sorry, it shouldn't. Definitely not. After what this franchise has gone through over the last few decades, it's crazy to think that this is where they're at. And this isn't to be insensitive or look past the DeMar Hamlin situation, but after a week that you just had where it's filled with 
emotion and it's draining and yes. all of those types of things. Yep. I imagine it was nice to finish on a positive note from the standpoint of DeMar Hamlin got a lot of positive news. He was able to watch the game. He was tweeting during the Bills game. That was a feel-good story. And then the Bengals got to celebrate their achievements and just cut loose and, and finally smile and have some fun. It, it was a feel-good day all around, it seemed like. Yeah, and on, on that front, I, I I do think that's a real thing. And and you know, if, if people want to wonder about today of oh man, they 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 did, you know, they played their backups and the Bengals didn't play well. Let's not forget what the Bengals went through this week. It wasn't com- anywhere comparison to what DeMar Hamlin went through, but it was a damn emotional week. And, you know, I did a couple of radio interviews late in the week and I was asked that question in TV interviews, and I was asked that question a bunch, and you could really feel it was palpable of once the players understood that he was getting better and then all of a sudden significantly crazy better, that it felt like a burden was lifted off of all of them because they're human too. I mean, they were in one of the most most grotesque, crazy situations the NFL has ever seen, and they had to process that. Rick, I had to process that. I'm exhausted. I can't imagine. I'm exhausted because the week was long. I can't imagine how exhausted players were emotionally from going through that week. So as much as you go, oh, I wish they would have won by more and they played their backups. No, dude, this is humanity. Humans deal with everything differently. And so just chalk it up to A, they won. B, they covered. B, they won by double. C, they won by double digits. D, they clinched the AFC North without having to go flip a coin give that all the credit it's worth and should be worth. All right, Skinny, let me ask you about the playoff now. Right. Look, Looking at the bracket, we already laid out the seeding. KC, the one seed in the AFC. Buffalo, the two. They'll be playing Miami. Jacksonville will be playing the Chargers as the four and the five seed. And then the other game is that Bengals and Baltimore game as the three and six seed in the wild card round. Now, Casey will get the lowest seed out of those wild card winners. Uh, then assuming Buffalo wins and so on, it'll, it'll match up like that. So there's a good chance that I think we already talked about that Cincinnati will be playing at Buffalo in the divisional round, but give me your thoughts overall on this playoff bracket here. Do you expect it to be pretty chalky? I do, but I will say this. I've been very high on Miami all year when Tua has been healthy. And it's a matter of Tua's health. And then I think Tyreek Hill, I didn't see the full report. And you please can correct me if I'm wrong, and you may not have seen it either. I know Tyreek went out for a period of time today with an injury, an ankle injury, I believe. But when Miami is fully healthy, and now that they're in the playoffs, and they can probably breathe a little bit, and now they're playing with house money. Um, And if you remember, they went to Buffalo on Christmas night or Christmas Eve night, whatever that night was and played them tooth and nail, and Buffalo ended up winning 32-29, they're scary. And I would tell you, I think the Chargers go beat Jacksonville because I think they're better. Now they're a little nicked up. Um, And the Chargers and Chiefs have history, and they have weird history between them. I think it does get chalky, but you have a shot, a weird, goofy shot, to host the final two rounds of this playoffs. I don't think it happens. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. I do think it gets chalky. I do think that, that um, I, well, not chalky all the way. I do think the Chargers go beat Jacksonville and then go to Kansas City. But Kansas City's just, they're so good. They've been so good for so long now that they're hard to beat at home. That's what makes the Bengals win last year so spectacular. The Bengals-Bills game is intriguing up there because 
I don't think home home field had anything to do with the Bengals rolling right down the field for a touchdown. Buffalo rolling right down the field for a field goal, and the Bengals rolling right back before T. Higgins and Demar Hamlin collided. I think the Bengals have a legit chance to win that game. The game at Kansas City would worry me because to beat them, think about this, you're beating them four times basically within a year? Nobody beats them, and you're about to beat them maybe four times in a year? Well, that's the crazy thing. That's how that's logically you want to look at it. But then it's, I, I felt that way every time they've played Kansas City. It's like, well, no chance they're going to win this one. And every time they find a way to beat them. So I'm almost getting no, to the point fair. where I'm ready to chalk it up to. They just, for some yeah, reason, right. have their number. No, no, it's fair. It's a fair, it's a fair point you make. But I do think it's hard. So give me your conference championship prediction. I, I hate to do it. I'm sorry, Bengals fan. I hate to do it. I'm going Kansas City. I just... Over Buffalo, they, they, or? they toy with people. Over, over Buffalo, yeah, over, over Buffalo. Buffalo. I hate to do it. I know it's on a neutral field at that point, and that's the other part to this equation. But I, I, I'll go Kansas City, and I'll go. Um, man, I, Philly bothers me at the moment. I'll go San Francisco, and I don't even like them. I don't even like them. I don't like anybody in the NFC. Right I don't now. either. I like Minnesota. I want to like, and Minnesota to, and maybe we're all sleeping on them. We keep crapping on them and you look up and they keep winning games you know who i'd love to see make a run is seattle because of the geno smith story they're not gonna but yes no of course not they're not nearly good enough but the geno smith story has been fun and the giants are just fun to watch with their big old yeah. fat coach yeah they're, but they're not gonna either so that's the part you can wipe out a couple teams there um philly just bugs me philly couldn't put the day away i mean they couldn't it's concerning the way they've been playing. Yeah, I, they couldn't put today away. I, Minnesota's just so damn plucky that they just keep doing what they do and look around going, we keep winning, guys. Have a good day. And I I, I just worry if I'm Frisco about Brock Purdy in the playoffs. I just do. I didn't hear you mention Dallas's name in there. I assume you don't think this is the year? No, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. No, right. no, thanks. So you're going to take Minnesota. I mean, today it today like. was embarrassing. Yeah, today was embarrassing. Today was embarrassing for Dallas. Commanders are tough. Um, not really, but today was embarrassing <laughs> for Dallas. <laughs> All right, Skinny. Should they have played? That should they have made the decision to play that Cincinnati Buffalo divisional yeah. round game potentially at a neutral site? That's a great question. Um, No, because they played the same amount of games, and that's what sucks. Um, I think that's where it came to. I, th- I thought the coin flip thing, I wrote a column about it. I do think if Kansas City had lost today and Buffalo had won, which would have made Buffalo the one seed because of the tiebreaker with Kansas City, um, or they should have been the one seed, and the Bengals and Chiefs would have maybe met in the next round, then I think we were back to the coin flip scenario. But no, it, it shook down the way it shook down where Kansas City couldn't be caught other than Buffalo. So Buffalo has a gripe there. The Bengals couldn't catch Buffalo. They have a gripe there. But the same, at, the, at, the, at the point of – and that's where this whole thing of they took the, the, the winning percentage out of it. I mean, Kansas City at 14-3, you're not catching them a winning percentage um, other than Buffalo playing another game, but they didn't. So they already had them in winning percentage. Same thing with Buffalo with the Bengals. Same thing with the Bengals if they'd have lost today with Baltimore. That's why that whole winning percentage thing was the dumbest damn thing I've ever seen of wiping that off the books and 
playing semantics with it. But yeah, I, I just, I, no, I'm not a big neutral side guy. I, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I really don't. Well, it's not going to, right? No, I think if Buffalo plays at Kansas City, it does, if I'm not mistaken. Right, but for, for the or Bengals, Buffalo, though, they do not have... the Bengals, yeah, no, correct. Yeah. yeah, no, that's correct. They're, yeah, they're done from a neutral site perspective. Yeah. They needed, they needed Kansas City to lose, and they needed Buffalo to lose, and they needed some other stuff to happen. Yeah, no, it, yeah, that, that part's done. That part of the game is done, right. Correct. All right, what else did I miss? Anything? Uh, that's all I've got. I got nothing else either. It was... It's a weird week. Um, For those that are wringing their hands over the way this game was played, all I can tell you is go through the emotions of a guy that you've competed against almost dying on the field and think about how you would react. And then by Friday, getting great news, and we're all so happy with that news, and then the NFL doing what they did, the emotion of yay, yay, back up. And then getting the 17 nothing lead and then, okay, whoo, we've survived. It's human nature, man. Don't, these guys aren't rolling. I wish everybody, this doesn't happen in a vacuum. In 17 nothing, and you think, oh, it's just this backup quarterback kid. Well, he's also a pro too. He's not very good. No offense, he's terrible to be quite frank. He was 19 of 40, whatever the hell it was, 44. He was freaking horrifying. But he's still a pro and he made some big throws. And he had a couple big throws wiped out. Don't freak out by what happened today. I mean, they still won. Oh, they but still, they've won eight in a row. And eight they're- in a row. And that's the thing. And remember, you, the thing, I'm glad you brought that up, right? That's why I'll leave this with this. You remember you and I at the bye going, boy, five and three would be great. And I think it makes you a playoff team, right? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five and three is what you, you we were begging for. Can this team get to that to get into the playoffs? And it's like uh, they cruised through it. They look like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the entire NFL. Today wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But they found a way to win once again for the eighth time in a row. They're playing well heading into the playoffs. They've won two AFC North titles in back-to-back seasons. And they're reasonably healthy. Heading into all of this, I don't think you could ask for any more than that yeah. as a Bengals fan. Yeah, I, I think I think the big part is is what we find out about Alex Cap over the next few days. That's a huge, huge part a of this. Big deal. Right. Yep, no question. That's all I got. All right, wrap it up. All right. We'll be back uh in midweek, Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day. We have no idea. I I, I even look at college basketball. I'm so in Milwaukee and Green I, Bay I, I, this week, so we'll figure something out. Yeah, and I and I, I don't want to talk about Cal and his disastrous team, but we're going to talk about it probably. Um, we're going to yes. have to, I think. We're also going to talk about Xavier's great team at this point, right? A lot of good college basketball stuff to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. So we'll be back sometime midweek with our uh, regular podcast. For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Post Game Edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage.